Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. Welcome to the Modern Coach podcast. This is episode number seven, where we're going to dive into your brand DNA, what it is and why you need one. So let's start the show. Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and you're about to learn the new way that coaches are building thriving businesses online by rising out from the shadows, owning who they are, and finally understanding the business of coaching. Get ready, because this is where we shed the old age thinking of coaches everywhere and say yes to owning a happy, healthy business that not only impacts people everywhere, but gives you the freedom to do what you want, when you want. This is the Modern Coach Podcast. Welcome, welcome. This is one of my favorite topics ever. I can talk about branding, visuals, copy, messaging, positioning all day long. I launched a program a good few years ago now. It was one of my first ever digital courses. And essentially, it was all around how to create that irresistible messaging. And as I was ideating on this on this program, it was originally supposed to be just about copy and as I was outlining it making you know making all of the things that we do whenever we launch it occurred to me that actually business isn't just about copywriting and I know this says the former copywriter (laughs) right business is not just about great copywriting copywriting is going to get you you know 70% of the way that's why there are million dollar funnels out there that are ugly as fuck that have made so much money because the copy is on point But the truth is, is that most branding today, most copy today, most businesses today can't just get away with great copy. They also need a brand. So, you know, in my ideating for this program, I started thinking about what are the elements that make up an amazing brand? If copy is one of them, if copy is 70% of these elements, what's actually in the DNA, in the invisible pillars of success of every coaching business. And I came up with the term brand DNA because I really do think that it's one of those things that is such an integral part of you being a successful business. The brands, the coaches, the people that we follow online, they all have some form of distinct personality to them. They all have a distinct vibe. They all have a distinct image. And We might not even realize it, but we follow people who are very, very similar most of the time. They give off, you know, a very similar vibe. They have a specific cadence to even how, like, the coaches speak. They have a specific colorway that they use. Most people know what they like, and the invisibleness of that is what makes up your brand DNA. And I want you to be mindful of how are you presenting yourself as a coach and do you have these things in place do you have a message do you have a position do you have a visual identity and are you actually happy with all of those things or does your brand look like the very same you know the very same hot pink bullshit with gold foil like every other tom dick and harry on the interwebs 
you know, and I mean, no shade. My branding is very pink as well at the time of this recording. <laughs> and I love my pink gradient and I love my pink brand. But there is still a distinct meanness to the branding. It's not just, you know, the, the 101 Canva palettes that most coaches seem to pull from and then wonder why they don't stand out you know well it's because everyone is using the same fonts the same colors the same the same bullshit websites to design their brand identity when in actual reality you already have what you need to be a standout coach you already have what you need to be yourself it's just like how do we hone into that so the brand dna concept takes into account three pillars if you imagine a venn diagram i want you to imagine three circles at the top, you would have your visual identity, your visual branding, like your colors, your fonts, what what are the imagery, what's the imagery that you use. On the right-hand side, you have your copy, what's the specific tone, voice, what are the what are the isms that you that you use? What are the words? Have you branded your wording? Cuz let me tell you, one of the first things that we do if you work with a great copywriter is that they figure out your isms your specific intricacies of how you speak, the things that you say, the language that you use, the patterns that, that you employ in your speech, right? When you're writing or when you're talking. So your copy is the second part. At the very bottom, I call this your kingdom processes. The reason I call it your kingdom is because you are the queen or the king of your business. So you are building your kingdom. And part of that is going to be your offers, your special magic that you bring to the table is going to be your messaging, your positioning. It's the stuff that is below the surface. It's not just like a fancy tagline that would probably go underneath copy, but it's it's beyond that. It's what is your kingdom? Who are you? What's your mission? What What are those invisible things that don't seem so obvious, but still make up who you are? So if I was going to go into you know, frozen take three, and you are now the queen of that kingdom, what are the policies that you live by? What are, What's the vibe? Who are the people that live there, right? Your, your kingdom is, is the, I would say the least obvious portion of the brand DNA and elements of it are, are, are what we talk about the most, like your message, right? Everyone says, what's your vision? What's your mission? Um, and every one of us says, I want to help a hundred women be more free. I want to do this, this, and this, right? And I laugh, and because most coaches, right, we have that service element to our brand. We want to help more people. We wanna, we do want to impact people. And I, I'm not de devaluing that, but it's not really a mission, really. Like if we, if we sit down and and talk girl to girl, right? So things like your mission quote-unquote, right, would come up underneath your kingdom processes. Things like, what's your position, right? Do you get political in your copy? Like, we, we just talked about ethics inside of, I have got this program called Spellbinding Content. And within that program, we talked about what is ethical copywriting? What is it that we're putting forward? And what are the shifts that are happening in, you know, in the world, in, in our coaching space, that we need to be mindful of as we create content. And one of the things that we talked about was this element of your kingdom. And do you get political? Like, I'm Ukrainian. So one of the things that I focused on in this last quarter was 
doing a fundraiser bundle, was raising $57,000 for the victims in Ukraine and helping refugees, helping people who are actually in need. And that's part of my kingdom, right? Like, I want to help my home country and I want to help the displaced people who are struggling right now. Now, that is not necessarily something that I talk about in all of my marketing, right? But that is a key element of my brand is that we do put service first and that, that we do, you know, we've always donated a portion of my proceeds, a portion of our profit to different charities, right? That That's not necessarily something that I talked about ever, <laughs> to be honest with you. But it's something that we did do. Uh, so therefore... Part of your processes is deciding if I'm into activism if, and if I'm into helping people and if, if I'm into charity work, is that going to be an element of my business or is it not? Like before this year, I would have said it's not really part of my business. I talk about systems, processes, making more money online. I help people decode social media, right? Cut to this year, I would say, yeah, that is a huge part of what I want to focus on because it's a huge part of, of who I am. And it's okay for your processes and your kingdom to change, right? And to be reshaped. But I want you to start thinking about, okay, well, your brand DNA, like you as the person, you evolve. Your brand does too. So part of your brand DNA is understanding that it's not something, you don't just put a vision statement up on your vision board and then that's it, your vision forever. It's an evolving situation. It's an evolving thing. And it's okay for your vision to evolve as you grow as a business owner. When I first started my business, all I wanted was to not be burnt out, to not be trading my time for money, to have a semblance of freedom in my life, to be able to dictate, do I take this phone call or do I not? <laughs> to be able to say, I don't want to work with this type of client. Fuck you. Like, no, you know, I didn't have that freedom in my first business. And therefore, I wanted to have it in this one. So for me, my, part of my original brand DNA was very much, can we focus on these three pillars? Can we help people do this, this and this? And that was fine. That was my kingdom. As it evolves, I don't know what it's going to look like in a year's time because everything has changed in the last six months, at least for me. And I, I'm going to be talking about like the evolution of my brand DNA on this podcast. And I think it's, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch and an in interesting thing for me to document. But the first thing that I want you to understand is that, like, what is your vision, right? And who is it that you want to help? And are you actually actively trying to do that? Or is it something that you said in at, at a retreat once and now it's just a bullshit thing that is up on your board that you're not really intimately connected to? Because... You know, giving money to charity was all very good and, like, it made me feel glad that I was able to create the profit and the freedom in my business to be able to give back, but I wasn't intimately connected to that vision or to that mission. It was something that I sort of just did because, because I did, you know? But helping people of my home country and refugees specifically and really having that deep emotional connection has fundamentally changed me as a coach. So I think part of your brand DNA is understanding what are the fundamentals of you as a human and how are you bringing that to the table? There is not really a right or wrong answer to that, I think. But I think it's an interesting aspect for you to think about as you go deeper on your coaching journey. The two things that are a lot easier to pin down and for you to take action on are your visuals 
as in your brand identity, and then your copy. What do you sound like? What's the tone? Are you actually putting your personality forward through your words? I think let's start with the visuals because that's uh, an easier thing to talk about, I think, and an easier thing for you to visualize. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? So your visuals, particularly if you're not at the 100k, 120k mark yet, I see a lot of coaches come to me and they're not really sure on what their visuals need to look like. It doesn't really look like a reflection of them. They're not sure about the imagery. You know, a lot of my clients, when they come to me, they don't really love the photography that they have. You know, maybe it's a DIY situation. Maybe they're not, you know, whatever. They've put on COVID weight and now they don't want to do a photo shoot. I know that was me <laughs> calling myself out there. There's a great little video that I did inside of my free Facebook group around that um, because it really took like a whole process for me to get over that. But I think we as coaches, we've all been there where the visuals haven't really represented where we're at. And, you know, as I've just shared with you, like my business and brand has evolved. So my imagery had to evolve as well. So the visuals for me, that's such an overlooked part of your coaching business, like how you present yourself. People are generally visual, like 80, I think it's something like 80% of people are visual learners. So if you don't have the imagery, if you're not using branded photos, like if you don't have a vibe to what you're posting and it's just a bunch of useless quote cards and a bunch of reshared stock photography, people don't have an emotional connection to that. The brands that we love, we have an emotional connection to. So I want you to start thinking about, am I creating that emotional connection with people through the branding that I'm using? Am I actually giving people a reason to like my imagery? Am I giving people a reason to follow me, my brand, my visuals, who I am? Am I putting a lot of my face on there? If people are investing in you as a coach... Ego, they're going to want to see you as the coach, as the forefront of the business. So like your visuals are going to need to include you as a key part of your visual strategy, right? So I think a lot of the time we don't think about those elements. We don't think about that as an integral part of your brand, but you are like you as the person, you're the face most likely of your business and therefore how you put yourself together and what you put out there, that it all makes up your visual identity. So if you're happy taking selfies with a messy bun and your PJs and that's your brand, then does your visual identity reflect that? Or is your visual identity very corporate in feel and you are there posting PJ selfies, right? That does not align. And I see so many people, so, so, so many people have these like very outdated visual identities. And I want you to start thinking about, is my visual identity, is it speaking to my ideal client? Because what you like and what they like might be two different things too. So I think we either place too much effort and energy and spend way too much money on designing a visual identity, or we spend no money and no thought process thinking about it. And I think that there has to be a golden middle between the two. One of the first things that I do with my VIP clients is we look at their visual identity and we make it seem more them. We actually pull out funnel colors. We look at what is it they need for their brand to function because, you know, the five colors that you might have for your visual brand are not necessarily the colors that are going to look great in a funnel or going to convert 
well when you start to create your freebie or your sequence or when you start to create banners for your social media. So there are so many different facets to the visual identity element. And the thing that I want you to think about is, does this feel and look like me, number one? And does this look like a coach that I would invest in? If you're looking at your website and you wouldn't invest in you, that's a really good metric and a really good gut check for you to do. If you wouldn't invest in you, then how can you expect other people to invest in you? It's the same with content. If you're creating content that you wouldn't pay attention to, why would other people pay attention to it? So I want you to start thinking about, okay, what is it that I'm trying to project and what are the types of clients that I'm trying to attract? When I was a service provider, my branding was very different. It was very much aligned to hand off your shit to me because I'm a service provider and I do done for you stuff. <laughs> my branding as a coach is a lot more me, I would say. It's a lot more reflective of my personality and it's also a lot warmer. It's also a lot lighter. It's brighter. It's, you know, sunnier because I'm evoking essentially the results that I bring to people. So the brand also needs to reflect your offers. It needs to reflect who you are. And I think that's why a lot of great brand designers, you know, understand that there is strategy behind what is it that you're offering. And one of the first things that I had a conversation with, with my brand designer was, what are your offers? And I think that's a really, again, to, to parrot back what we talked about in the last episode, your paid offer is always going to be the best place for you to start with all of these things. So your visual process essentially is your visual identity, the images that you're using, the colors that you have, the fonts that you're using as well. And it essentially is all of the visual elements that you are putting forward. And I think the more consistent you can be, the more put together it all feels the more successful you feel and the more put together you feel, right? It's like a psychological trick almost where if you've been feeling stuck or stagnant in your business, sometimes doing a refresh is such a helpful thing to do. And, you know, in fact, a lot of my well-established clients, when we do their kingdom building session and we start working together, one of the first things we do is we look at their existing branding and we either do a refresh or we, we look at the imagery or we look at how can we make it more aligned to who they are today? Because a lot of the time we have these colors, we have these fonts and we don't really think about why we've chosen, right, or made those decisions to include that in our in our visuals. So the visual identity is is easy for you to do in that you can pull images on Pinterest, you can look at what are the vibes that you want? Even to the point where with one client, she wanted to really evoke a very warm feeling, but the green that she was using was a very like cool tone. So everything that she was putting out sort of felt very cool and, and felt not very welcoming. And like sometimes even when just warming up one of the colors can make a huge world difference and can make a huge shift in that brand DNA process. So I would always look at what is the visual identity doing and do you have a visual identity for each offer that you're creating? Sometimes it's not necessary. Sometimes though you might want to change something up and make it very specific to whatever it is that you're selling. The second part of this is your copy in that your copy needs to be branded too. So things like one of my favorite things to do is, is make clients brand their emojis. Like what are the five to 10 emojis that you use the most and are they branded to you? Like in our in my signature program, 
all of our resources have the little castle, right? As Again, we talk about kingdom building a lot. We talk about you're the queen, you're the king, right? You are the queen of your kingdom. You have the structures, you have your different areas that you are managing, that you're ruling, right? So as part of that, the little castle emoji is one that I use consistently and it, it feels like it's my emoji, even though it's not. Like, obviously, I don't own it. <laughs> but it very much feels like that. It, that is very me in one tiny little image. And even though an emoji is not part of copy, necessarily, right? It's a visual. Can you see how the visuals and your copy intersect? Like, one can't exist without the other and vice versa. Like, when you're creating the copy, you're painting imagery, Right? you're painting the imagery with the words, and if your imagery underpins that, like if we look at the rise of, let's say, Alpha Femme, with a very like black branding, I, I found that really fascinating to watch Melanie Ann Sawyer, I think is the coach's name. She grew her business really, really quickly, and I think a lot of that was not only because she's a great expert at what she does, but also because her branding was on point. It was very distinct. No one was doing the black branding at the time. And there was she and it was very distinct. And now, you know, if you go on online, different coaches have different brands associated with them. And I think her, you know, like her black vibe, her black and gold, like deluxe, alpha femme-esque brand carried a, lo a lot of that, right? It made us distinctly remember her for that specific visual. And I think that's a really great example and a really great case study. And we can talk about people like Marie Folio, right? We can talk about who else is coming to mind. Like Lisa Johnson changed her branding to turquoise. And then I saw like 20 other coaches a month later change their branding to turquoise. And I just find it hilarious how, you know, instead of people owning who they are and really digging deep and thinking like, who is it that I want to pull forward, right? They then copy other people's brands uh, without really thinking about like what's the emotion that we're evoking why are we making those choices so what we want to do is you want to have a distinct visual identity that's true to you but also have distinct copy and a distinct style that is also true to you and how you talk one of my favorite copywriting exercises is to literally transcribe whatever it is that you're saying so if I was to do this exercise I would transcribe this whole podcast episode, and then I would look at what are the language patterns that I'm using? Are there specific words that I'm referring to? So the way that kingdom building came about, or the way that the kingdom process came about in brand DNA, was that I kept using the analogy of, you are the queen, you're building your kingdom. You are the queen, you're building your kingdom. And that was like a theme that came out in one of my first ever masterclasses, that I did just like a literally an off the cuff conversation in my Facebook group. And that I kept repeating that. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, let me pay attention to what I'm saying. And let me see whether I want to turn it into something that is, you know, branded to me. And now I think if anyone came out with a kingdom building process, um, who'd followed me for a long time, like I've talked about it enough for it to be like my thing. And you know, I think in the coaching space, yes, of course, we do have a bunch of overlap. Like there are things that I say that are directly like lifted from my coaches, from, you know, their coaches and so on and so forth. And sometimes we don't even notice that we're doing it. I don't think it's about necessarily plagiarizing the different sayings that people have. And it's not about necessarily even 
trying to come up with your own different identity. But I think that the reality is, is that a lot of hidden coaches are hidden because they haven't figured out how to position themselves online in a way that makes them irresistible. And the truth is, is that the big coaches out there, the people who, let's say, are not necessarily the best at what they do, but make the most money, is because they figured out that by branding themselves, by picking out those two, three, five phrases, and really hammering that message into the people, and, you know, speaking again and again and again on the same topics until they become the quote-unquote authority because that's what we hear them talk about the most, right? And I think that that's an interesting thing for us to pay attention to is the people that we follow online, if we look at what is their brand DNA telling us and how can we think about do I want to reverse engineer that? Do I want to pick stuff up from that? Do I want to look at it from a marketing perspective? And what can I learn and take away from how the big people in the industry are doing it? What can I learn from the people that have the lives that I want and I want to recreate, right? What can we learn from them? The majority of them have five plus sayings that they say over and over again. And I think that's something that comes organically, obviously, to you as a coach. But I think it's something that we don't pay enough attention to. Like, your copy needs to be branded to you. The things that you say, the things that you highlight, need to be, like, branded to you, and you need to pay attention to what it is that you're saying. It's no use having these little gold nuggets, in, you know, in your courses, in your programs, in your Instagram DMs, if you're not repeating stuff over and over and over again. So I talk about things like your kingdom, your business is your kingdom, I talk about the things that you are the queen of your kingdom, yada, yada, yada. Like I repeat myself constantly over and over again in my copy because A, it's gold and it's true, but B, I'm also reminding my audience that this is what I teach. This is how you need to think about it. And I'm essentially letting them know and reminding them over and over and over again that I'm the expert in this topic and here's how I view it. So that when someone, you know, needs a speaker or whatever or if someone needs help with this, I will get tagged and be like, oh, you need to speak to Elisa about her kingdom process, right? And I think that that's when it becomes really fascinating because your brand DNA starts to live outside of you. It starts to take on its own thing and people can start to pick up on it and, and you become branded, and it's not that, you know, you've used the right colors, but it's a combination of all of those things. It's what is your offer? What is your mission? What is your message, right? What is the visual identity that underpins that? How are you representing that in your visuals? And then what are the words that you're using to describe it? What are your metaphors? What are your similes? What, what are you putting out there? And it may seem like super complicated when I break it down that way. But it's really not. A lot of us do this instinctively anyway. What I'm asking you to do, though, is think about how can I be a bit more mindful and how can I put in seasons of review in my business so that I can pay attention to this stuff? Like, again, with my VIP clients, we do this quarterly. We do a VIP day where we break this stuff down and we look at, okay, well, what can we pull out? What can we emphasize? What is, what is the thing that is going to help you build your business in a more sustainable way? and make you a more recognizable brand. Because I know for a fact 
often the best coaches out there, the people who are so good at what they do, just don't know how to market themselves. And it's my mission in life to help them see that marketing themselves should be the priority because people need more of what you have. And if you are comfortable with marketing yourself and putting your brand DNA out there, then you're going to be impacting more people. And I mean, rather selfishly, then my ripple effect is multiplied because I'm helping more people. Help more people. And it's a glorious circle of magic, right? So for me, brand DNA is all of those three things overlapped. It evolves. It it grows with you. And the thing that I want you to think about is how can I start to become more mindful and more systematic in the way that I view myself and in the way that I view my brand? And how can I start to pull more things together? Is my brand recognizable? Am I very specific in what I'm sharing? One of my favorite old-time clients, I don't work with her anymore, but she's she's really amazing at social media content specifically. She, um, I think she used to have an MLM business that was super successful. But she grew her business by putting forward butterfly imagery. And people would send her like butterfly mugs and they would take photos of butterflies out in the wild because they reminded them of her. And I think that's such an interesting visual to bring into a business. Like, do you have specific things that are around you that make you understandable and make you visually interesting to your audience? Is there a specific TV show or food, a, you know, a color or something else that you can bring to the table that is, that is branded to you? And I can think of like 10 people off the top of my head where they have a quote-unquote thing and they have building their businesses around that one quote-unquote thing that doesn't seem related to their business, but it sort of is. And they're using it as leverage to make you remember them, right? Because there's nothing worse, in my opinion, than being uh, forgettable. <laughs> That's the biggest sin that I see coaches everywhere make is that they don't have a brand that is memorable. It's just it's a forgettable snooze fest. And I don't want that to be your reality. So I would love to know whether you have a quote unquote thing that makes you you. Is there something that you love? Is there something that has sparked as we've had this conversation together today? Um, if that's the case, then DM me on Instagram. It's at Alisa K Coaching is where you can find me on IG. Otherwise, I hope you've loved this episode. I again, I can talk about branding forever and ever. I know this is such an it's a never ending fascination of mine particularly in the coaching space and I'm sure we'll have deeper conversations about it too but I wanted to share with you how I view your brand DNA why you need one and why those three things are really non-negotiable in helping you be the standout coach that you were always meant to be so thanks so much for joining me today I will speak to you on the next episode for now have an amazing day Are you stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically? Good news, Magnetic Mavens is here to help you be unforgettable. Our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story. In this membership, you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm. It's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.